we belong in the playoffs and running for a championship. Matthews delivers! Bound your chest, Saskatchewan! Robbed by Penny! Dillon's knocks him down with the left! Champions again! Shots gets blown up! PK3 scores! Oh my goodness! Connor McClellan! Robert Church in our podcast Cody Jansen joins you we are presented by original 16 the best beer in the game season wrap up edition general manager Derek Keenan joins me on the pod here Derek I just want your thoughts on the Vegas game because obviously the season doesn't go how you want perfectly but it's nice to end on a high note isn't it yeah it was for sure I mean yeah uh, we obviously didn't accomplish what we wanted to again this year two years in a row and that's disappointing, but um, at the same time, it was good to see us be on the on the good end of a comeback too, because we've been on the other end of it too many times this year. So, um, but it was a good way to finish, and uh, you know, we as a general manager, you know, you like to see that, you like to see the fight, you like to see the fact the coaches are coaching to win, and then on the other side of it, you go, okay. Philadelphia won earlier in the day, so we're going to keep our fifth spot in the in the draft, <laughs> win or lose, and we and we won, which was a positive. So it was a win win for us, to be honest. Like it was. So, um, but uh, and, and a nice comeback. We had some some nice performances there, especially in the second half. So uh, it was a good way to finish. And you know, and I think like kind of Las Vegas proved this year that they're going to be a good team going forward. You know, they've they've done a pretty good job and in year one and um, you know, they're going to be another contender in in the West division. So um, it's not going to get any easier for us going forward. I don't like the term write-offs or meaningless games with these past two. Is there something you as a GM are specifically looking for? Are you taking stock into who's still battling when playoffs aren't on the line? Like what goes through your mind when you watch those games? Yeah, I mean, there is because I think, you know, in times of adversity and um, that's when really true character a lot of times comes out. And uh, I thought we showed pretty well there. Um, I, I really wanted to see most most importantly how some of our young guys responded in those circumstances um, because, you know, we have, I think, 11 or 12 guys in our lineup consistently. They're either first – first or second year guys and they're the future of the, of the team. So you want to see how they respond. And I think they responded well. And uh, so that was a positive. I got to get your thoughts on the rookie netminder and Lane Rushka because he's obviously mm-hmm. the talk of the town. Yeah. Yeah. He's played well. I mean, you know what, we gave him a chance and uh, he kind of earned it. Cause I know the last, you know, uh, the probably the last two or three months of the season, I don't know if a guy's, I've ever seen a guy taking so many shots and, and sometimes it was circumstances, of course, his own desire, always being the first guy on the floor, but also a couple of times where we didn't have our goalies arrived, like in, uh, in Georgia, where we really didn't have a real practice on the Friday night. Cause all the Vancouver guys didn't get in on time and he got out there and probably took about 2000 shots. And, you know, he did that every week. So he earned it. And I thought he played, thought he played exceptionally well against Colorado. Um, and then kind of ran out of gas a little bit in the fourth quarter and was pretty good in Vegas too. And uh, he, he's, he's going to be a good one, but there's work to be done for him too. And, and I think he knows that. And 
Um, I, I'm not sure he's a, a, a true number one goalie yet going forward, but I think he has the opportunity to if he continues to improve, which he really has improved a lot from the time we got him late last season, put him on our practice roster to to now he's improved a ton. And uh, that comes from even a lot of our players who've shot on him for that last year. I want to run it back to a little bit earlier in the season because, you know, Sask starts five and three, and then all of a sudden you drop a couple. It's down to five and five. Do you still think that there was a little bit too much looking in the rearview mirror and the what ifs of, you know, what if the San Diego game didn't, the collapse mm-hmm. didn't happen there? What if we would have got a break in Colorado and won in overtime? It, it felt like at that point there was a lot of rear view mirror looking and maybe not looking far enough ahead. Am I fair in saying that, or is that wrong? Uh, I don't think, I, I, I mean, I know that certainly as a staff, we, we don't cause you just kind of in, in our league, you go week to week, you know, you typically play one game a week. You learn from what happened the previous week, win or lose, and you move on. So whether our players were thinking about that, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Um, the bottom line though is like from five and three and right in the mix of it, you know, and playing really quite well, aside from the game in Calgary, um, all those other games, I thought we played really well. So how we fell off a cliff for the next seven out of eight games is, is what we're searching to find here and we need answers for it. Um, you know, I have some ideas in my head, but, you know, it, it's to me was a little bit obviously difficult to watch, but also a little head scratching how we just fell off a cliff like that. And because uh, in my mind, we were right in the mix of it with with the top teams in the league, with with, with the San Diego's, the Colorado's, the Calgary's in, in our in our league and in our division even. So I just, you know, how, how did we fall off a cliff uh, in, in, in very kind of short notice? Like, like you said, five and three very easily could have been seven and one. And then we just, you know, we did not play well for a, an extended really until the last two games of the season when it was too late. You know, I'm, I even look to, you know, going into Georgia where, you know, we're still in it and we're, you know, we're hovering around 500 or an opportunity to be there. And we just did not play well. We didn't come out like a hungry team that really needed to win. And, uh, um, you know, and then, and then Halifax was an absolute must win, played really well for three quarters. Then we ran out of gas and, uh, um, you know, our goaltending ran out of gas and, and we lost and that was it. We were done. And then we're playing a couple of meaningless games. So uh, it, it, it's it's a little bit mind-boggling to us uh, as a staff how that we turn from, you know, really contending and being a top team in, in the West to just where we were, how, how we finished and, and how we were in the middle parts of the season when, you know, we really needed to get on a roll and we just didn't get any traction. It was, uh, it was just a slippery slope. We couldn't get back, back, our feet back on the ground and um, just couldn't seem to end it. 
I know you brought up the Calgary game as a bit of a turning point there, but you, you respond well the week after. You go down to San Diego and you go and thump them on the road. But then you come back home against Vancouver midseason. Aaron Bold has, you know, the best game he's played in the past five years. Do you think that was where confidence started to get shaken? Um, you know, you mentioned the, the game in San Diego, like after a bad one in Calgary. That was, that was to me, and that, that's what I mean by, like, to me, a head shaker. Like, we went down there and played really well against a really good team, and we dominated and uh, and then we come back home, and that was obviously the start of the slide. And no, I, I don't think it was a confidence thing at all. I think it was, you know, we didn't have a great night. Aaron played really well. We weren't very good defensively. We didn't get any stops. You know, we didn't shoot the ball particularly well that night. You know, um, like our top guys had tough shooting nights. And, and we, you know, we didn't play well. That was the bottom line. But then you kind of go, you know what, it's a, it's a one-off. And but we just didn't seem to be able to regroup after that. And, uh, you know, um, like I don't think we won again until we played Vancouver again. And, you know, that's, that's tough to recover from. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there was a confidence thing at that point, but I think eventually there was, you know, eventually, you know, when we're in the middle of that kind of streak, there was a bit of a confidence factor going on there. And I could see it, uh, you know, the two, the, the kind of home and home with Calgary where, you know, um, they're obviously a very good team, but we, we, we would hang with them for extended periods of time. And then we just have a bad quarter or a bad stretch of five, 10 minutes where, you know, they go on a run and that would be the end of the game. Like even, even the game where we were down big and we came back and had our opportunities, we took a couple bad penalties and that was it game over. And, and we just couldn't seem to overcome those obstacles that back in the day when we were a championship team, we were always able to overcome. And, um, you know, so it, it becomes, it becomes a culture thing. Like it becomes a, you know, we, we've always had such a winning culture and somewhere along the way, we've lost that. And and we need to find it back to get back to where we want to be. You mentioned running out of gas and conditioning. Does that fall on the onus of the players? Is that, you know, not coming into camp in shape? Because I, I think coming into the season, as we talked about, a 5-3 and three start, everything was looking good. And then there started to be the issues. So what causes that, that type of fall? It, it's a hundred percent on our players. We, we don't, you know, we're not Toronto. We're not Rochester. We're not Buffalo. We're not even Halifax who practice midweek and can run the shit out of them on a Tuesday night and recover for, you know, we, we, it's a hundred percent on the guys. We had a tremendous training camp and thank, thankfully, and I'm, I'm very grateful to our ownership that, I asked for an extra week weekend this year. We had four. We played all of our preseason games. We spread them out. We were better prepared, I think, than any team in the league. And we proved it. You know, like we, we home opener, we beat Colorado defending champs 18-6. Like, you know, we shellacked them and we earned it and we were ready to play. And this is not an excuse at all. But I'll tell you this, our scheduling in our league is a travesty. Like, it, it really is. You, you cannot – you have an 18-game schedule. It takes 22 weeks to play. 
It's nonsense. It, it really is. And it's got to change. It has to change. You can't have teams in our league that just don't submit dates because they don't want to or because it doesn't work for them for various reasons. It's got to change. And that's that's what happened. Like, we literally, we didn't play, you know. And now the fitness part of it, that's on the players. And they're told and they're grinded constantly. Okay, we have two weekends off. What are we doing? You know, what are we doing to, to stay fit? Christmas was in between. But you know what? We came out of that not too bad. Um, but in the long run, eventually it caught up to us, I think. And I think other teams caught up to us um, who didn't have as good a training camps and, and didn't, you know, have as kind of a, an effective as plan as we did. And uh, but I'll say I, I'm, I'm honest, though, but I, and, I've, and I've told our commissioner this. Um, our scheduling is a travesty. Like it really is. There's just no way that you should have to, an 18 game schedule and take 22 weeks to play. Like we should legit be done um, by the end of March. Like we should be. And th there's no real excuse for it either. Like there really isn't. I mean, we do have two or three or four teams that have pretty big arena conflicts with NHL, NBA, um, you know, a lot of events, stuff like that. But Overall, though, we should be able to fit our – we should have one bye week is what it should be, just like the NFL. You get one bye week, and that's it. But we, we just – there's too many and, – and for a team like us who don't we, don't – we don't fly in on a Wednesday night to practice on a bye week. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't make financial sense, logistical sense. Like, it just doesn't. So um, we're not a team that practices midweek. We have three players that live in the market. So I think all of those things need to be taken in consideration when a schedule is formed. And it's not the league office, right? It's not them. Like, they only get what they get. But we need to put some better parameters or bylaws in place that stipulate not just our preferred dates, but what are your available dates to play and go from there. And keep in mind that, like, we have – I think our bylaws now state that you can play anywhere from Thursday to a Monday. Right. So it's not just all Friday, Saturday, you know, you can play from a Thursday to a Monday and there's the odd Thursday game, but it's got to be better. It really has to be better. And uh, um, and again, not an excuse, but overall as a league, even from a, a visual perspective, it's got to be better. Like you can't have teams not playing like three times for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like, and there was a, it happened to a number of teams. Um, and, and a lot of times I know for us, because we're the, always the first team who get our dates in and we put lots of extra dates in available dates and preferred dates. And we're the first team to get them in. So it's not us. It's other teams in our league and in our division that, you know, aren't putting in dates and, and it's, and it just, and it has a, has a, an effect on the entire overall schedule, but it's gotta be better. It's as simple as that. It just has to be. Well, you mentioned it's not an excuse, but I do think it becomes a reality when, in, you know, you're playing 14 straight weeks to close out the season. And I think the only other team who played more in that stretch was the Georgia Swarm. So for a team like Saskatchewan with one of the toughest travel schedules in the entire league, yeah, that becomes a little bit of a competition factor in my mind. But we, we got to talk. I, I want to go on to the you know floor. What, though? Hey, but I'll say this, though. The 14 straight weeks is much preferred than not playing. Like we had, we had no back to backs, which is great, but for like, that's fine. Like, you know, like we're, we're good. We got, we got lots of bodies. We got practice guys that can play, 
you know, you get the odd injury, you know, you got to fill. That's why you got to have depth. But, but it's the not playing for us that really hurts. That's, that's the, the kicker for us. Like it really does. And, and like I said, we don't practice on a Wednesday night. We don't practice on a, an off weekend. So um, I just think there's ways to make it better for sure. That's fair. Let's let's go to the floor now because, and I get it, it's a tough way to finish out the season. But in those last four losses, the team only averaged seven and a half, eight goals per game. What did you see on your side of things where, I get it, CDB is, in my opinion, the most valuable player in the league, but there's still other factors that have to come into play that you saw. From our offense, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... We, uh, we had a couple guys banged up, but that's part of it. You know, um, we had, we had an injury that, you know, took Marty Dinsdale, who was having a heck of a year. He got, he got hurt that, and he never really bounced back to where he was. We had another guy playing injured for probably six or eight weeks who played every game, but was not a hundred percent. And, and then, you know what, the bottom line is too, from a, when I look at our team, we need to be more athletic on the front end and we probably need to be a little bigger. Um, and those are things that we need to do as me as the general manager and uh, my scouting staff and my coaching staff, we need to figure that out. And, uh, um, you know, we had, we had a guy in Robert church this year who had a heck of a year, but it kind of went wasted, um, you know, cause he, he, we didn't have enough around him. You know, if you look at if you look at our team statistically, you know, one to three, and then there's a significant drop off. You know, um, statistically, and and even uh, even at two and three, we didn't get enough goals, right? From from Mark and Ryan, that's we just simply didn't. You know, like there was stretches of games where there weren't enough goals total from our top three guys, right? And um, yeah, there was points in that and assists, but. We, we need more goals and, 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 and the way to do that, I believe we need to be, we need to be a little, we need to be significantly more athletic and, and we need a little bit more size. You brought up Robert church. He's obviously, you know, just had a career season. Were you seeing this on the floor? It did felt like he had a little bit more jump in his step come the start of the year. And then obviously on the floor, I thought he was just phenomenal most nights. Yeah. You know what? Like there, Robert, there's a guy there that he works really hard at it. You know, every week he works hard at it. You know, he's got, he's got tremendous lower body strength, which gives him quickness, you know, to, to find shooting lanes. And he's got a very quick release and uh, he's a highly intelligent player. Um, you know, he, he comes to play and, and he prepares himself well. He, he watches tons of film and he does his work in the gym during the week and uh, he's, he comes prepared and, 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 uh, he was rewarded for it. Like he, he had a heck of a year, you know, it, you know, it, one of his best, if not his best year, you know, 51 goals, I think he had, and, you know, that's impressive. And, uh, he, he earned it because he worked at it. You mentioned Mark and Ryan, and maybe you didn't get the goals you would have wanted out of them, but for Mark, it's the second most amount of assists he's ever had in a season. And for Ryan, it was his second best year offensive wise or numbers wise offensively. Was there certain aspects you were happy with? Because I feel like there's an opportunity there where numbers don't lie and they were carrying a lot of the weight on offense at times. 
Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, yeah, Mark had 97, 98 points, which is great. Um, but, you know, I still look at Mark as a premier goal scorer, you know, and and there were there were stretches where there where he wasn't and and we needed him to be, you know, so and and that's not hey, that that's not putting it all on on him and Ryan or or, or anybody else around him. But, you know, but it, it, it on like it's on me, like I'm the guy, the con, I, I'm the guy that composed the roster. So we obviously need more around those guys to improve those those numbers both in terms of goal scoring and points and um you know and, and it's on me like I, I i have to do that we need to find a way to as i said we need a little more meat we need to be a little heavier um and i think we need to be a little heavier on the back end too and uh um without jeopardizing the athleticism we have back there which i think is really good but yeah i mean there were, you know, when you look at it, like, yeah, statistically they were okay, but um, again, we didn't score enough. <laughs> Bottom line, like our numbers were close. You know, if you look at league-wide average in that, we were close, but we 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 weren't good enough, and we had too many games, especially against Calgary, where we just went really dry. Um, and 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 Del Bianco played really well against us, but. Still, we just, you know, I think we scored 18 goals in three games or 19. I mean, you know, that's not good enough, obviously. And that's why you, you lose all three games to them, right? So so we need to find a little more there, and, uh, and we'll figure out a way to do that. Um, you know, we have, we have some pretty good assets, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to work hard at getting better on the O end. What did you think about the rookies? How, how did you feel about Madronic and Walter's seasons? Um, Austin was good. I think he has huge upside. Like, like he's, he's a guy that, you know, he's not big, but he's like kind of got Robert type feet. He's strong, lower body. He's got quick feet. You know, he can create his own shot. Um, he's gritty. He's tough. Um, he, the, honestly, the biggest thing, his struggles were logistics and that was, he, he, you know, there was about a two month stretch where he didn't practice and it was all, you know, he's flying out of New York, right. And out of New York to SAS can be a bit of a nightmare. So a lot of canceled flights out of New York, you know, didn't have his equipment. It was one thing after another and it was hard. It was hard for him because for a young guy like that, who, um, you know, really needs to practice and, and start to feel comfortable with guys around him. He didn't for a while there and it, and it, and it hurt him, I think, but he also had some games where I thought he was excellent. And, uh, um, you know, he, uh, he's got big upside. Like we, we really, we really like him and, uh, we, we think he's, he's, we think he's a big part of the future. So, um, Clark Walter, I mean, I can't say enough about that kid. He's, you know, we just, it came to a point where, you know, we had to play him and in order to make room for him, we had to move Marshall out. And we just thought at the time that he was a better option for us. And he had, he played really well. He just, he's a tough kid. Uh, he's, he's athletic. Um, he can create his own shot. He's gritty. You know, he, he transitions the defense really well, works extremely hard. So, He's been he's been nice. Like he's he's a guy that that we look forward to seeing a little bit more of uh, in, in the future and giving a little bit more of a role as well. 
To the defense. I, I know we got to talk about, uh, you know, a lot of those rookies as well, but I want to start with the veterans. Obviously, there's a couple of guys in UFA seasons, but the defense at times also struggled in certain aspects as well. And some of the veterans, too, took ownership after the season. What did you think about the group, and especially the veterans on defense? Um, much like our entire season, like some – like inconsistent, you know, uh, inconsistent season overall, inconsistent games, like even inconsistent, like really good quarters and then bad stretches. Um, that's, that was kind of it. Like it was, you know, um, some points where we really, you know, we kind of almost had to change the way we like to play um, because we just weren't athletic enough at times um, the way we like to play and the way, you know, I've always liked to play. And uh, um, like I said, there were stretches that we were, we were really good, but we just didn't seem to be able to maintain it for 60 minutes Um and for stretches of games, like when we got in our funk there, you know, when we got in our funk there, it was, it was, it was, it was the whole thing. It was the whole package. It was goaltending. It was defense. It was transition. It was offense where we just couldn't find um, the consistency in all those areas at one time, which, which you really need. And, or if you're, you're not doing particularly well in one area, maybe you're going to be excellent in another. Like if you're, you know, if your if your offense isn't really clicking, maybe you're going to get four or five transition goals a game, which you need. And uh, some nights it was there, and other nights it wasn't. You know, sometimes it was because we didn't finish in transition, others because we just didn't get any transition. So, um, but uh, just inconsistent, you know. And um, um, I thought toward the end, guys started playing better on the back end, like the whole group. But it was too late, so we had those that, that stretch there in the middle of the season where we really needed them to to play well consistently and play our system and, and play it for sixty minutes a night. We didn't get it. Do you think that the losing stretch hurt the confidence of some of those rookies on the back end, where it felt like they had really strong starts, and then you know maybe they were overthinking a couple of things yeah. or gripping their sticks tighter, stuff like that. Not really. I honestly, I, Jimmy and I have talked about this. Those those kids, they never wavered. They they came to play every week. You know, they punched the clock. They they worked hard at practice. They bought in. Um, I I didn't really see a whole lot. I mean, you, you're going to get mistakes. Like it, it's a hard league, especially when you play veteran offensive players. You know, who are smart. You know, like I, I look at a you know Jarrett Smith, who I thought. He was really good for us this year. He started the year on your unbelievable. Had a couple of not great games, but you know what? When you really look at it, guys are going to make mistakes, right? And overall, a guy like that was really good. Overall, Boudreaux was really good. When Barnable got back, you know what? I look at Barney and I go, okay, he kind of had one rough game. Other than that, he was really good. And, uh, you know, I say the same with, with Bobby Kidd. I thought, um, same thing, kind of middle of season, you know, you know, mis- mistakes that when you're not winning, they, you know, they kind of show up and go, oh, you know what, we lost by two. These guys made mistakes that, that happen all the time. But when you're not winning those games, 
you know, uh, the microscope can get on guys a little bit. But overall, though, those young guys, they never wavered. And uh, they, they came to play every week. And uh, I think, you know, on the back end, with our speed, athleticism, and skill, the future is really bright. But I do think we need to get a little bit heavier. You know, you look around the league now, and um, we're a little smaller than we used to be. And if you look at a couple of other teams on the back end, and even on offense, if you look at a, at a San Diego, they got a lot of big bodies, and uh, they can throw guys around. So, you know, I think we need to do that as well. How about Garland and McClelland? They're still young. Pardon me? How about Garland and McClelland? What do you think about their seasons? Because I still consider them pretty young, being in years, you know, two and three. Oh, they are, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, Gar- Garland, Garland, I think, is the future leader of the defense. I have no doubt about that. He's he he's tough. He's gritty. He, he comes to play every week. He's smart. He's a good communicator with his teammates. And, and, uh, and Connor, too. Like, you know, he had, you know, middle couple, you know, not great games, but then really recovered it. And he knows what he needs to, to do to really be a high-end guy. He just needs to get a little bit stronger because his instincts are incredible. His feet are really good. His skills are really good. He can play offense. He can score. You know, he's he's a really, really smart lacrosse player, and he just needs to get a bit stronger. And, um, you know, and Holden, like I said, he's he's kind of the future leader of that group. Do you expect Enju and Searle to be pushing for spots next year? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think Enju fits our mold to a T. You know, could he be a little bigger? Yeah, but – He's incredibly athletic and, um, you know, fast, uh, really good kid. He, he works hard at it. You know, again, needs to be a little stronger. Um, and then Searle, what we like about him is some versatility. Like we, we think, um, he, we think, he, we think he can actually play offense. Like he's just got really good stick skills and he's catches it well. He shoots it well. But he's another guy, though. You know what? He's a guy that when we talk about, okay, next year, you need to come to training camp an absolute beast. Like, you have to be the fittest of your life. And if you do, you're going to play. And and sometimes it's as simple as that. It really is. You know, he, he he's okay that way, but he needs to be, like, really good to be able to play in the National Cross League on a consistent basis. And you know what? He's been told that, and uh, there's there's a few guys same in the same boat that, you know, you need to come to training camp in the best shape of your life, and and maintain that. And uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, we like him though. He's uh, he, we we like his versatility. Um, you know, we like his size. He just needs to to get himself in just tip top fitness, and uh, and he'll be a good player. When you have exit interviews with these guys or any conversations late in the year, are you telling them, hey, we want you to go play summer ball? You know, we want you to get offensive reps or defensive reps, or how do those conversations go, Derek? Well, yeah, kind of not. I mean, we like, we like our young guys to play, right? But it's pretty hard to tell them what role you want them to play because you don't have any control over that. Right. So, you know, uh, uh, we thought it was great last year that Clark Walter played a ton of offense in the summer um, and it really helped them um, because last year we kind of used him. He only played one one game, I think, but I think we used him at the back door and we kind of had him in that 
tweener role last year and then he played offense all summer and and he was rewarded for it so but it's hard to you know you can't really dictate that that's for sure like it's not like we have uh you know a minor a minor league team they're going to go play at the summer which would be ideal but it's just not reality so but uh you, you certainly want we're, we're going to tell guys what they need to work on for those who are going to play. Um, we're going to talk about fitness and, and th- all those interviews will be done again, like last year. And, and Jimmy's already started the process. So like he's already started talking to a lot of these guys and most, as far as I know, most of the young guys are going to play. Uh, like I think Smith's going back in the Nimo and Boudreaux's going to play in Langley and, and the Ontario guys, the young guys are going to play close to home. Rushka has got a, we found him a spot in senior B in Ontario. So, um, so that's good. So, you know, they're all going to play and, uh, the young guys, and I think in particular, it's really important that they do. Well, Hey, you don't need to advocate me for a farm league. I'm your biggest supporter right there. And I think we could scrap summer ball and all, <laughs> but oh, <laughs> you mentioned goaltenders. Yeah. It's good that Rush is going to get games in out, out uh, East there and play senior B. I know Oakville's hosting the Prezi. So you're going to see some pretty damn good teams in competition there. The veteran goaltenders, because you've got uh, Bouquet and Penny still under contract as well. Break down their seasons to me, because I obviously inconsistent a word that I assume you'll use, but I want you to go a little bit more in detail on what you saw from them. Well, I mean, um, I'll start with with Buki because um, we brought him in for a reason. We gave him a really good opportunity and and then I'm not telling you anything we haven't already met with him about and that's that his NLL season and certain games in his NLL season were a microcosm of his entire career um, meaning start really well and then kind of drop off there was games like that. And then as it turns out after the, the eight point eight, eight game point of the season, if you look at things statistically significant drop off significant, was he the only reason? Definitely not. Like I said, we already talked about the defense. We had some inconsistencies, but he knows and we've talked to him about it and he knows what the issue is and it has to be fixed or, you know, we move on. And uh, he's well aware um, that, you know, he needs, he needs more stamina. He needs to be able to play 60 minute games, 18 game seasons and be consistent, be at 80%. Like, you know, he was, he was in the top three save percentage for the first eight games of the season. And then he ended up like at under 74%, which means for those next number of games, he was probably under 70, which is not very good. So he, and those are, those are just facts. And however, if you look at good Alex, good Alex is really good, you know, and he, and he proved that like he, he proved that he can play at certain times, but he has to prove that he can do it consistently. And he's well aware of it. So I'm not saying anything to you that he doesn't know and is well aware of. So, um, you know, hopefully for his sake and for our team's sake too, that he, he does the work that needs to be done. And uh, if he does that, I believe in the guy. Like I think he can be a really 
top echelon NLL goalie, but he's been that middle of the pack goalie for a long, long time. And he knows why, and he needs to, he needs to improve on it. And, uh, um, you know, it, it's not rocket science, you know, he, he needs to, to, to take care of things better. And, and hopefully for his sake, especially he does that, you know, um, cause I think he, he has the ability. He, he really does. He's for a guy like, you know, his stature, he's tremendously athletic and quick, but you got to be able to sustain it over the course of an entire season and the course of 60 minute games. Um, you know, you need to be able to come to the bench in the fourth quarter when we want to pull a goalie. Those are the type of things that he has to improve upon. Um, Eric Penny, you know what? Absolute love the guy. Great team guy. Um, but he was given a lot of opportunity this year, not in ideal situations, but certainly to come in and, and try and stem the tide. And, you know, we, we've told him the same thing. Like he, he didn't really perform to the level we thought he could based on how he played last year before he had the appendix thing at the end of the season, we thought he played really well for us and, um, you know, gave us a chance to win every night but this year you know i think he dropped off a little bit so um he needs to figure some things out too in terms of you know taking care of things a little bit better and and probably getting in a little bit better shape and uh being able to whether you're a number one or you're a number two or whatever you are you got to be able to you have to be have the attitude that i'm going to be prepared and uh you know that's what we liked about lane like we really felt lane worked extremely hard at it all year and improved and that's why we gave him an opportunity at the end of the season how about the coaching staff? You bring in Cam Sedgwick, Jimmy takes over, you know, a full season as the head coach. Jerry's obviously, you know, on the back end. What did you think about them this year? I can say, like, our issues are not coaching. <laughs> that's for sure. So that's, that's you know, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to point fingers at anybody, you point them at me because, like, I'm the guy that puts the roster together. So, um, you know, we, we I, I need to, to find them a few better guys. There's no question about that. So, um, you know, Jimmy's, Jimmy's just done a tremendous job and, uh, um, you know, the guys respect him. The guys like him. Uh, he's got a ton of energy. He prepares impeccably. So the, the issues are not there. Um, you know, we need to, we need to get better. We need to get a little bit, a little bit more of the things that I've talked about. And, uh, um, that's up to, to me to, to execute that. Two more for you here, Jammer. When did the UFA talk start? You know, you've got a few D-men there, same three that were UFAs last year, and Rubish, Beers, Dilks. You've also mm-hmm. got Church. Like, have talks started already? Is it you take some time before that? Not what? yet. No, we need, we're going to sit back over the next couple weeks and evaluate everything. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, – um, you know, Robert. Robert is the number one priority. Um, for sure, when you're talking about a guy who's 100 points and 50 goals, and when you're talking about a team who struggled to score at times, you know, you, you certainly don't want to see that guy be going somewhere else. So, you know, it, it's pretty obvious where that priority is. And, uh, um, but, you know, over the, the next little while, we'll, we'll evaluate everything and, um, and, and go forward from there. But uh, he certainly will be, will be the priority uh, at the beginning. How about the draft coming up here? I know we're still a ways out. 
I, I think it's fair to assume that forwards are probably top of mind. I still think that there's mm-hmm. room on the roster for defenders. You know, yeah. what, what's the mindset going into the draft and on a year where you've got five, six picks in the first two rounds, what's the scouting situation look like? Do you ramp that up in these years or do you trust your current guys? I don't know. Give me the overview. Well, I mean, we got six picks in the first two rounds. So I, I think it's a really – I think probably a most important draft that we've had in a number of years, probably in 10 years since we drafted Mark and Curtis Knight and, and then the next year, Robert and, and then Benny. And, you know, it's, it's our most important draft. It really is because um, there, there's going to be a turnover here. So we have to have guys that I think that can come in and play right away, probably. And here's the, the, we're looking at it this way too. You know, we have the number five pick. Um, we think, we think there are probably five absolute no probably actually four absolute no-brainer nll stars that are in the top four but we have five so (laughs) you know um and the other thing too is in all likelihood all of those top kids including the guys we consider to be at five six seven eight nine a lot of them are going back to school for their for another year for their covid year so this is the last year of that so that's got to be taken in consideration because we want to be better next year. You know, we, we, we need to be better next year. I owe it to our ownership and to our fans that we need to be better next year. Like we need to be in the playoffs. So, so our pick, you know, we're going to use every asset that we have to try and get better. Um, which means, you know what, if we can get better by moving it, we will. If we can get better by using it, we will. And then, we look at the rest of those, like our, our compensatory pick for Corbeil um, toward the end of the first round as perhaps offense, right? Um, probably if there's someone there. But then we look at when you talk about getting bigger and more athletic on the back end, kind of looking at those picks in that way too. So, yeah. Are there untouchables on this roster right now, Derek? Um, yeah, sure. A few of the younger guys. Yeah. You talk about a Boudreaux, Barnable, you know, um, Bobby kid, you know, um, young guys like that, obviously Robert, um, there, there are, there are a number like we, we, we like our young group. Like we really do. Like we, we like what we've kind of built with the draft on the back end the last, you know, couple of years. And we need to continue to build on that. But we need to focus on the offense too. We need to, you know, we, we need to get better up there. Like I said, and I, and we have a good idea of how to get better. It's just a matter of, you know, finding those guys and uh, you know, it's not always easy, but you know, we've got, I got a great staff, uh, you know, Western scout Darren Fridge has been with me for years. And then in the East Greg O'Connor, who does a great job. He's the, the GM of the Whitby junior a team here. So they do a really good job. And, uh, and my, my coaches obviously are heavily involved as well. So it'll be a, it'll be a big season of, of, uh, of scouting and, and figuring things out. And we've already started, actually, we've already, we've already started to compile our lists and uh, you know, um, and we're going to, we, we have a lot of, we have a lot of good assets and, and now it's honestly, it's very reminiscent of, of, you know, 2011, 2012 in Edmonton when we were similar and we had a lot of good assets and we just, 
figured out a way to use them as best we could. And, and we turned into a pretty good team for a good number of years. Okay. Last, last question for you here. How hard is it to assess goaltenders in junior lacrosse? Because I know a lot of fans come at it from a hockey perspective where there's, you know, 15 to 20 rookies making their NHL debuts each season. It seems like in lacrosse, it's they're coming from a different game almost. Mm-hmm. There's certain things to watch in a goalie that you kind of know that they're going to be good. And it's tough. Like you said, though, the nets three inches smaller and, the equipment's bigger and they use bigger sticks and it's, it's a different, it's a different game. So, um, but there's certain things in how they move and their angles and, you know, how they react that, that we look for. Derek, I know I've picked your brain for long enough. I appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the off season. I won't tell you go Leafs go, but enjoy the NHL playoffs <laughs> too. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks Cody. All right, a huge thanks to Derek Keenan for hopping on the pod, our postseason edition. We got more, one more coming up this season, and we'll do an Ask Janner Anything. All of your questions, Rush Nation, everything is on the table. If you want my open and honest opinion, maybe we'll even get John Fraser. We'll pull him in. I know he's in summer vacation. He's probably kicking back by a pool, feet up in the air, drink in hand. We might have to pull him in depending on what we get for responses from you, Rush Nation. I know you'll bring it. We'll get it dropped on social media here in probably a week or so. We'll get all those questions answered for you. We'll put a bow on the season, and we'll look forward to the off season because, yes, I think we're going to have some fun content coming up here. we we got to make a little bit more of a free agency day. I, I think that... Not the league or teams are a little bit of a letdown. I think there's a lot of talk that happens around it. It's not like free agency day in the NHL. But that doesn't mean us media members shouldn't be held to a high standard because you, the fans, are what make this possible. There's an expectation, and I think we can deliver a little bit more for you on that aspect, as well as draft date, too. I thought it was cool what the league did in a sense of getting the draft streamed and having that on TSN+. Plus. There was nothing wrong with that. But I also think that there's a little bit more that we can do. And I know Rush Nation would also be fully behind that, having a little bit more deeper conversation about some of these players, a little bit more in-depth talk before the draft, during the draft, after the draft. There's a lot more we can do for you. And as always, we are going to strive to be the best possible because we have the best fans in the league. Thank you for everything, Rush Nation, this season. Again, keep an eye out on social media. Ask Janner anything is coming up for our last pod of the year. Huge thanks to Derek Keenan for jumping on the show and taking the time, right? There's not many, if any, general managers in the league in pro sports that'll pick up the phone on the drop of a hat and have a one-hour conversation with a media member who wants to talk to them about a disappointing season. They don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But everyone deserves answers. And I think that there is none better than Derek Keenan when it comes to shooting straight. The statement said enough on social media. He didn't really have to do this, but he chose to. Why? He cares about the fans, he cares about the organization, and he wants to be the one in charge for turning it around as he did in Edmonton. I got faith in him. I don't know about you. We'll talk about it in a couple of weeks, Rush Nation. It's been another edition of the Rush Hour podcast presented by Original 16. And as always, be kind, be better.